This is Pod That with the Georgeur Brothers, episode 707, I believe. And George, today we're going to start with, with what we always start with, icebreakers. Yeah, uh, for those longtime listeners, uh, well, this is only our third time doing it, but you know what I mean. So for all listeners. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the icebreaker is just a quick topic. It can be about anything, sports, life, and it just kind of it breaks the ice and gets us into the flow of things. So pretty fun uh i think sammy got usually this week at least has a sports topic i got a real life topic so i guess i'll start first you want to start first i was going to start with yeah. the sports topic because the rest of the podcast is going to be sports so okay. i was gonna i thought let's start with sports we'll do a real life and then we'll okay. go back to hey i got no problem man I, I got no problems with that and we will have a break from sports mine's gonna be a quick one but i just find it you know why are refs getting so soft okay I don't know if you saw this, but in Wisconsin, there was a bill that was proposed that harassing or assaulting refs in umpires is a class A misdemeanor. Now, the NBRA, which is like the NBA Refs Association, supports the proposed Wisconsin bill, and they're trying to bring it to all states and all sporting events or whatever it may be. Now, of course... I don't think we need a bill for assaulting. I think in general, whether you assault a ref or a person on the street, you can't assault someone. But this bill would make it a misdemeanor if you took it too far verbally as a fan or a player. And that includes verbal. So don't love it. I think refs are getting a little too soft there because obviously if somebody hits you, it's assault. But I don't know about the verbal part there. Yeah, I might have to have our uh, resident referee, Daniel Nguyen, on this show at some time and ask him about this because it doesn't make sense to me. Like, I'm with you, Sammy, actually, on the whole, if you assault not just a referee, a human being in general, I think it was already a misdemeanor if you hit a ref. I don't think, like, you can actually go around just, like, slapping refs for making bad calls and getting away with it. And be like, oh, it's Uh, part of the game. (laughs) It's part of the game, bro. Uh, But in general, yeah, uh, I'm thinking about more the aspect of the her- like harassing right like what uh, what's harassment is it getting booed by fans like what what constitute harassment i mean there's, it's part of a game where there's spectators they're gonna yell yeah i mean i guess if you stalked a ref after the game to his hotel and started banging on his door to scare him is that i mean that's harassment but that's also like stalking so i yeah they may you're right they might be beginning too soft but i i mean it's already a misdemeanor i'm sure to assault a referee I mean, it's an it's assault. It's a misdemeanor to do any type of assault. So, for me, um, like at the end of the day, like I said, I get the assault, and I think we all understand that. But the the harassment for like yelling at a ref, and this goes for like players and fans. So, like you know, you could be the crazy dad sitting in a um, you know, sitting at a game yelling at a ref, and might actually become one of those people who get a misdemeanor and so i will read you the statement i know know some dads that back when i played or you played probably crossed the line a few few times with a referee verbally and probably would have gotten arrested based on this type of law well i don't know if you get arrested for misdemeanors but i know what you mean they might have gotten written up whatever it may be uh i mean me coaching a summer league with kids i might have gone you know, written up for a misdemeanor saying one mean thing. And 
the way it is written out by the yeah. uh, NBA referees was the increased verbal and physical abuse that officials at all levels have been subject to in recent years has led to a reduction in the number of referees. This bill would directly address and help correct that the NBA NBA NBRA is behind the proposed legislation and other consideration in hopes to see this approved in other states following suit. So once again, I understand the physical, but are we getting too soft in this generation if we're talking about verbal abuse of referees? Yeah, I mean, in general, like the set generation's already soft. Like, I guess you knew they were going to come to referees eventually. The softness wasn't going to be skipping certain professions. Like, it wasn't going to go from like, all right, so nurses soft, doctors soft, software engineers soft, referees hard as shit, right? I mean, it was it, there was not going to skip a profession. And guess you're like a lumberjack or something. I think lumberjacks forever will be hard. And uh, coal miners will forever be hard. Uh, referees, nah, I mean, they're already soft sometimes. I mean, you've seen referees throw guys out for nothing like, like back in back even in the day. Like It's not like referees were the hardest and most thick-skinned people on earth. I mean, but you're missing one crucial part here is you skipped over the players who have also gone softer anyways. True. Um, and part of the reason there's increased verbal abuse is because players have gotten softer as well. I mean... Mm-hmm. There was, there are more players now that probably will bitch, and more. I think players have always bitched at refs as well, but I think more it's now at like personal levels. Like there's kids that have tenter, temper tra- tantrums off refs, and I may have been one of them. Um, but I, you know, I think it's gotten even worse since then. I've I coached the summer league high school kids uh, two years back. Was it a year ago before coronavirus? The year before coronavirus, and. I'm telling you, the kids, I mean, I used to be bad with refs, but like, it's not even comparable. These kids are like literally about to walk out of a gym out of their frustration. Like they don't even know how to control it at that point. Yeah. In general, I mean, that's the whole generation, right? Not just basketball. So, but no, I'm with you. Refs have gotten soft. Players have gotten softer. And, uh, and uh, we'll bring in Daniel one day, our, our resident referee to uh, talk about it <laughs> he might actually like this law he'd be like yeah man i don't want to get fucking harassed by a 27 year old dad who has a 13 year old well 13 no it wouldn't i don't want to get harassed by a 33 year old dad who a- you could have just said a dad don't want to be harassed by a dad <laughs> yeah you get harassed by a dad named steve because his son fucking sucks and he's like taking it out on you because his son traveled that's all i got yeah, same here. So my icebreaker here, Sammy, is as you are well aware, since uh, you are driving with me from Seattle to Phoenix, we are moving. Uh, Sammy will not be moving with me initially, but he'll be moving in August. He is coming to Arizona initially. So the I Valley kind of boys, just like the Phoenix Suns, are about to be the Valley Boys. Yeah, the Valley Boys uh, in the Valley of the Sun. I don't know what, what like. How long do you have to be in a city before you can start like calling it by the nickname of the city? Like, I don't know if I could move to Toronto and right away be like, "Yo, I'm in the six, right? Like, I feel like yeah, you gotta you, do- you're in the six. You, you you don't you just said exactly what you can say. I'm in the valley. Okay, but I can't be like I'm from the valley, right? I'm not, you're never gonna be from the valley, technically. But can you say I live in the valley right away, or is it kind of like, oh, you're trying too hard? I don't know. We probably not because you also don't know what the valley is. But keep going, George. All right, you're so overthinking it already. So no. The answer is no. You can't call yourself part of the Valley, valley because the way your the process just went, then already no. All right. I'm not. Uh, thank you for that clarification. 
So, um, you know, moving sucks, right? Like you got to pack bags and like, I, I don't know if there's anything more dissatisfying than moving, packing the boxes, you know, taping up the boxes, sending them to another location and then having to unpack them. Like the actual packing is not that bad. The actual unpacking is not that bad, but the, like lag in between them, knowing that this is going to go into a box. This is going to come out of a box later. And it's like only you're halfway done at this point kind of sucks. So I was kind of thinking, I, I had a fun question for you in which you helped me change a little bit so you can grab three things, but let's just, you said a whole bag. So if you were to move out of a place and you can only pack one bag, one backpack to go on your back and you can put something in your pocket, like your cell phone in your wallet, what would you put in that bag, Sammy? Um, well, first and foremost, speak for yourself about moving. I'm a big fan of moving. I think it's fun to, I've actually moved quite frequently in my life. I left after high school and met you in Miami, moved to California, lived in three places in California, moved back to Washington, helped my family move to a new house in Washington, moved to an apartment in Washington. Now I'm willing to move to an apartment in Arizona and that's all within a uh, eight year span. Yeah. So I like moving. I think it's fun. I think new beginnings are really fun. I think it's fresh. I think the process of moving is fun. So I just have to clarify that, that, that that's more of a you thing. I think most yeah. you're, I most think people don't majority, like moving. It, it is a you thing. It's, wait, you really think most people like moving? I said you're in the majority. But okay, majority. It's okay, the you fair. thing. I mean, one of our favorite guys on TV, Colin Cowherd, moves house every single year, and he says one of his favorite activities is moving. Him and his wife. Like some people enjoy moving. Some people bu love buying new properties, moving. Actually, out. some people love to enjoy moving. I just I don't think I'm in the my. When it says so you think I didn't. I don't think I'm in the minority here. When I say I don't enjoy the process of. Moving. I, I didn't say you're in the minority. I said you're in the majority. I said speak for yourself. There's two people on this show. Yeah, yeah. So if you, if there's two people on the show, it's a 50-50 shot. So speak for yourself. Now, what would I take? Um, it's pretty simple. Obviously, I throw my wallet and you know cell phone and stuff in my pocket and what would i pack george i would have my backpack whatever it is i would throw my electronics because those are the most expensive things to replace tv right. or not tv sorry uh, that's a big backpack if you can put your tv in your backpack that'd be pretty interesting well, you didn't say backpack you said bag but i'm sticking to backpack no, no i uh, said at the end this laptop, just backpack. okay whatever laptop ipad whatever i have um i would throw in some jewelry most people don't have enough jewelry to the point where it overfill a bag. We're not like Antonio Brown here, but I would take any necklace, bracelets, anything of value, throw it in that bag. Um, and I would probably take like a handful of like photos that I have, you know, like, Oh, I like that. I would take like one album photo album. I should probably fit in my backpack. I at least take one photo album from my childhood, throw it in. Um, and I would just wear whatever clothes are on my back because at the end of the day, I could go buy like a six pack of underwear, a pair of jeans and a white, a pack of six colored t-shirts. Um, so most likely that's exactly what I would take. All my electronics with the chargers, any expensive jewelry. So basically anything expensive that fits in there and, uh, you know, a few pictures and whatnot. Yeah, one thing I'm surprised you wouldn't add in there is this microphone we're using right now. This is very important. Well, I guess that kind of counts as an electronic, right? Yeah, also, I mean, it just probably wouldn't fit if I'm throwing in jewelry. And the last thing I'm worried about is actually my microphone, George. I mean, I don't know where, why I'd be worried about a microphone. At the end of the day, I can use my AirPods. You're talking about survival kit here. You just said you're leaving a house. That'd yeah. be the dumbest thing to worry about is your microphone that's like $99. 
when you're have three things you fit one backpack worth of stuff you know i didn't criticize you man it's i was like oh that's the dumbest thing ever like i'm not criticizing you on your 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 belonging i'm just saying i would throw my mic in there's 99 dollars. i might want to do a podcast with you i have no comment george that i i still think it's the dumbest thing to throw in your bag if you had we're we're talking about survivor here okay if you're taking your 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 photo albums making you survive no but that's actual memories yeah. What's more valuable, a $99 mic or photos from your childhood? $149, with your actually. A $149 microphone, Sammy. Yeah, $149, whatever. My point is, to me, it's dumb. And I think that'd be a really dumb thing to throw in a backpack when I know, George, you have some watches. I know you have some shoes that are more expensive than your microphone. I'm not trying to get robbed over here, bro. Come on. No, I'm kidding. Are you homeless? No, I'm just saying that I'm going to try to get robbed, man. I haven't moved out yet. People know the address on this pod. Nobody knows the address of the podcast. And uh, yeah, I you're not going to get robbed. Don't worry. All right. So I guess what I would put in there, definitely. See, I'm thinking like you pretty much your survival. First of all, I need a big like bottle of water. Number one goes into the little, you know, the water carrying part of your uh, backpack. I need to stay hydrated for this food. I'm sorry, but when I said survivor, I didn't know we're homeless. I didn't know we're not homeless. I'm just saying we're leaving the house, but I still need water. Okay, keep going. All right, so got so got my water. That's number one. I'm with you on the electronic thing. I'm putting away my electronics. I'm putting away the stuff I really need. Um, I, I iPhone wallet. You know that's all in there. And then I guess with you like. that's why I actually asked this question because if you actually think about what you all said your whole life and your there was a moral to this story believe it or not Sammy every single thing you actually really need does fit in a backpack right yeah I take my jewelry yeah I take a bottle of water my electronics my watches uh, I take my Michael Jordan rookie card that I have I also have a nice autograph I think of you know Mickey Mantle Joe, Mickey Mantle, Stan Musial, Ted Williams. Take that. It's worth some money. Maybe underwear, my electronics, a couple photos just like you would take. And that's all you really need to survive, right? Like, it's kind of funny how much stuff you really have. What? Probably a toothbrush. Toothbrush? Toothbrush. Oh, toothbrush. It's actually a very smart one, too. A toothbrush. Deodorant. Deodorant. Smell good. But in general, you don't really need to live off much. And we've, we, it's like kind of something me and you have talked about. You could really take away a lot of things in your life and live really comfortably still. So that's kind of the moral of this. Like you're packing all this stuff. Of course, you want a nice TV and all that. But that doesn't fit in a bag. But in general, you don't need that much stuff to survive on a day-to-day basis. You really don't. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, we obviously like stuff. Of course. You know. Everybody likes having stuff. But like you said, at the end of the day, we don't necessarily need all the stuff that we're using. And, uh, you know, that's why I personally was like a microphone. I thought that was dumb just because I'll tell you why. Because if you have a backpack of just stuff you really need in life, I would prefer to take my little AirPods, something I can listen and talk into. um, And the things that I would need essentials, you know, if like if I was... If I was going camping and I could have a little charger and, you know, I'd have my phone, computer. I don't think my mic would be one of the concerns. I think I'd try to do something smaller, compact like AirPods. 
Yeah, yeah, the mic thing was a whole joke, really. Like, it was kind of a bit there. I, w- I wasn't really too concerned about the... Uh, well, George, I'm not here for bits. I'm here for Survivor. All right. But yeah, you, know, you made a good point there. You go camping, right? Which I hate camping. I never go camping. You don't go camping. We did go to... We do like... Both of me and Sam, we do like glamping because we did go to a cabin this week, last week. So that's kind of like camping, but it's glamping. Totally into that. But uh, you go camping, like literally, when people go camping, they barely take anything with them because you really don't need much to survive, really. In life, you don't need much. You really don't. So that's the moral of today's story. Well, And maybe a bottle of wine so you can get fucked up, too. That'd be good. See, well, now it's just the backpack's probably too full. Also, yeah, like, we're not homeless. Stuff like food and bottles of wine and water bottles, you should be able to get on your journey. Let's just say I was stuck on the street with some money and you're saying I just have a backpack to survive. I can go buy wine or water or food. Oh, I know. But I might as well, since I have a water here, I might as well take it with me and drink it. That's fair. But like I said, you get, we're just, we're, you're, you're, I, the way you're thinking of it's confusing me because I can go buy a coffee on the go. No, no, I'd of course. i my backpack you know for you stuff. Know me, if I'm leaving the house, I'm grabbing a wa- bottle of water with okay, me. I know. I'm talking about the wine, my man. Yeah. No, no, the wine's a joke. That's why I haven't harped on, kept harping on the wine. I'm just telling you about the water. All right. Well, just as I told you, I'm not here for bits. You're just confusing me again. Going with the bits. Yeah. Sometimes, man, you got to like realize if I throw it once and then I stop talking about it, it's really not that important to me. All right. Well, as we get on to the NFL draft, guys, anything George says, don't consider it important. Because if he doesn't say more than one sentence... He doesn't agree with the take. No, no, no. If I don't harp on it, like if I don't really mean it, like especially in the icebreaker, I'm just like, oh, wine would be nice. Like I don't, I don't wine know. Wine is always nice. Well, <laughs> I'd probably go with something a little more potent than wine if if, if I'm only get one. Good point. Whiskey. Something yeah. strong. You don't need a mixer. Because it sounds like we're on the streets from what you're saying. So I know. Street, I mean, it sound like we're like leaving the house homeless. What do you take? <laughs> yeah. Because like it's not wine. I'm taking something a little more potent. No, no, no. It's not. All right, uh, NFL draft time? Yeah, we'll get on to the NFL draft, but just make sure everybody follows us at Pod That, and it's brought to you, of course, by the Sports on Tap, and uh, we're going to start the NFL draft after this. So we are actually going to start with some Seattle Seahawks stuff, and uh, for those who have tuned into this podcast we're, we're always starting with our icebreakers then we're going to get into a little seattle topic most of the time and then if for some reason you have no interest in the seattle seahawks draft you can look in the uh, description of the podcast and you'll see when we start talking about nfl red flags it's actually a really interesting topic we're going to go through some of the funniest red flags um funniest interesting weirdest right i don't know what's a better way to put it just big red flags. Big red flags from the past that could have been true or not true. And talk about some of the recent prospects that are uh, happening on Thursday for the NFL draft. But we'll start with the Seahawks. And George, the first thing I want to ask you about the Seattle Seahawks, okay? They obviously only have three picks starting at 56. Mm-hmm. Um, not, nothing special, but I'll get to that. They have a lot of picks in that range that have been very good. But today they had a press conference and they said, you know, our first round pick is Jamal Adams. And we're very Which happy about that. Huh? Which it is. Which it is. And I I mean, it's pretty hard from compared to the first round picks the Seahawks have had since I think Earl Thomas, Jamal Adams would be the best one. So 
I'm fine with giving up a lot of picks. <laughs> Except like you don't pay your first round pick the money Jamal Adams is going to get paid. So like it's not the same. If like let's just say you were able to get the same caliber player as Jamal Adams, which is really hard with the first with that pick of a draft and pay him way less. I guess it's more valuable, but let's not be too let's not get too technical here. Yeah, but we have, we we have fucking Jamal Adams. So yeah. <laughs> Anyways, before we get into the draft picks, the first question I wanted to ask you, because it's a bigger draft story in general, is about the 49ers. Division rival, um, Kyle Shanahan had a interesting line when asked about Jimmy Garoppolo being on the team, and he said, we don't know who's alive on Sunday, who's going to be like living on this earth on Sunday, so we can't tell you if a player's going to be on the team, a.k.a. they're taking a quarterback, and Garoppolo's probably not going to be on the team long term. Yeah. And we have the Rams have their quarterback in Matt Stafford, Obviously, the Cardinals have their quarterback in Kyler Murray, and then you have the Seahawks with Russell Wilson. So a lot of people are saying the 49ers are going to take Mac Jones, but we know that Lawrence and Fields are, or Lawrence and Wilson are probably off the board. And who would you want as a Seahawks fan, as a 49ers rival, who would you want them to take? Mac Jones, Trey Lance, or Justin Fields? You know, it's a good question. I think um, for this season specifically, like let's just say Garoppolo is not their starting quarterback, which he's going to be their starting quarterback at least at the beginning of a season, I would assume, like for maybe three to four weeks. Because they have a good roster. Yeah. Yeah. Because they have a good roster. I would rather have them take like a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields for this season, right? Because I don't think those guys are as finished of, of a project as Mac Jones. But for one, for like the long term, I'd rather have him take Mac Jones because I don't think, I think out of all those guys, he has the lowest uh, ceiling. So, yeah. like, I think he's ready now. I think he'd be okay and he can be okay for a long time. Yeah. So, it kind of reminds me, I know it sounds weird, but like with how good the 49ers roster is, I could see him being like a Mitch Trubisky rookie year where he was comp- competent and Mitch Trubisky made the playoffs. Yeah, but he's like he's a better ball thrower than Trubisky. Sure, let's see. I think he could be like an early Kirk Cousins. Yeah, that's a very good. That's a great comparison, uh, especially when he was in Washington with uh, with Kyle Shanahan yeah. as his offensive coordinator. Um, yeah, I, and that's why I like. I think Mac Jones will be fine. I think if I, I guess if I'm looking for long term, I hope the 49ers take him because I, I'm not going to be scared of him as a. I bet you I would be scared of Trey Lance down the line or um, or Justin Fields down the line. I just don't think he has the ceiling of those guys. But, yeah, his floor, just- but also his floor is lower, right? Like I think there's a very low potential of Mac Jones being a complete bust either. I think it's like he could be Matt Hasselbeck at his finest. Yeah, and I think this is where it's interesting for Seahawks fans. And I know I seem a little contradicting. I have my Mariners – bobblehead my seahawks thing and i'm wearing a browns hat makes no sense but i just thought of that as i'm as i'm staring at my camera but as a seahawks fan it is confusing going through seahawks twitter i feel like everybody wants them to take mac jones and i agree but then as i sit deeper i'm like okay mac jones actually could maybe take he could be jimmy garoppolo like like not as i don't know if i'm not gonna say he's gonna be as good as jimmy garoppolo in his rookie year but he can be what Jimmy Garoppolo was in that system, right? Where the team that threw the ball, how many times in the NFC championship game? Like eight, like eight times, maybe. Yeah. Like, 
can he do that? Can he be better than what Nick Mullins was doing for them as a backup? Yeah, probably, right? He's been in big games and he's played for Nick Saban. But at the other end of that, you're right. He's not going to bust probably. He's probably not going to be a bust. He, he'd probably be a Jared Goff, right? Right. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like, I would I rather have that? Like, let's say he's Jared Goff. I'd rather have him in my division forever, or would I rather take the chance and have Trey Lance in my division? Who I don't know. Trey Lance could bust. Like he Trey Lance is the most interesting one, probably out of all everybody in this in out of those three. I think Justin Fields, uh, like Justin Fields, I, I don't think has too much of a bust potential. I don't know if he's going to be an NFL starter, but I don't think he has that much of a bust potential either. Um, and when I say that, I mean like you know, obviously there's only 30 starting quarterbacks, right? right. Like Jalen Hurts isn't that much of a bust, but he might not even be a starter. Teddy Bridgewater is getting passed around because how good really is Teddy Bridgewater? He's not a bust, but he's not phenomenal. I think Justin Fields is going to be somewhere like that. I don't think he's going to be out of the league anytime soon. Trey Lance, I feel like, can either be the next Patrick Mahomes or be out of the league in five years. Yeah, I, to- we- and I totally agree with you on that. But Mac Jones is the one that scares me the most because of consistency, but he also scares me the least because of how bland he kind of is as a player. I don't think he has, you know, I don't even think he has like, he doesn't have that high of a ceiling, but you know what, George, there's other guys that remind me of him slower, not very athletic, like Eli Manning's of the world. Yeah. yeah, They're on the right team. And I don't know why, but he just weirdly reminds me of Eli Manning. Maybe because he's kind of like, you know, he was really, really good at tennis, right? His family is. Yeah. And so was he. He was a uh, very high in high school uh, tennis player that could have played college tennis on a full ride as well as football on a full ride. And we're big tennis guys. So. Oh, huge. We know everything about it. So, you know what? I don't want to fall in love with Mac Jones. I don't know if I want the 49ers to take him. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, though. I guess if I was to, I, out of those guys, I'd rather take him because I think he has the lowest ceiling. I don't think I'm going to ever. If the team's really good, the 49ers, they'll be really good. I don't think I'm going to wake up in the morning on Sundays and be like, fuck. What, George? Well, we got to play against Mac Jones today. Yeah, but with the way that Kyle Shanahan's ran a team and the way the 49ers organization is ran, that might be one of the scarier guys to have as well because there's a reason Jimmy Garoppolo, the the 49ers are what, like 20 and 5? when Garoppolo is healthy. Yeah. And they're like seven and 20 when he's not. Um, there's a reason that they were going after a guy like Kirk Cousins, right? Yeah, they want a competent quarterback is good enough for Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. And if he has just good enough, we've seen Kyle Shanahan, you know, make Kirk Cousins really good. We've seen him make Gar- Garoppolo good. Wasn't he in Atlanta with Matt Ryan and his MVP? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've seen him make all these guys really good. Matt Ryan has not been the same since he's left. No, and, and actually, Matt Ryan's a good comp for Matt Jones. Which is scary. That's an MVP potential. That's an MVP, yeah. Kyle Shanahan. So that's basically it. I guess final thing I'd say, Matt Jones. That's who I want them to take because of the lowest ceiling. Yeah, but this is why the NFL draft's so interesting, George. You never know who you're going to get, where you're going to get them, Who's going to be the, we can sit here for, this is why I don't love, love, love mock drafts all the time because it's like, we really fucking have no clue. I, I just saw a tweet. I just saw a tweet, Russell Wilson, right? In quotes, cause talking about that of a draft. Cause like he's doing these videos, like talking about his past and it was like, he'll be lucky to be a backup. And it's a good transition to where I'm talking is 
these late round picks sometimes turn out to be better than the top five guys, right? From that draft that Russell Wilson was in, he went 75th and you had RG3 and Andrew Luck as the first two picks in that draft, both basically out of the league. Andrew Luck has a health concerns and RG3 is a third string quarterback because he's bad now. Also injury. And Russell Wilson's the guy from that draft that's playing MVP football and won a Super Bowl, right? Actually, the two and, guys are still starting in that are Kirk Cousins and uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah, which is just so fucking weird. I know. <laughs> and both got st- massive contracts. Meanwhile, RG3 looked like he was broken when he had he to is play. Broken. He is broken. And Andrew Luck's not on this earth anymore, wherever he is. He's like, camping in a mountain. He hasn't passed away, so I wouldn't say he's not. Yeah, that, that sounded like he passed away. I apologize to the Luck family. <laughs> he has not passed away. He's not on this earth as in he's not seen on the face of this earth right now. He's not on the National Football League uh, radar right now. Or in broadcasting or anything, which is just it, weird. But is. here's the Seahawks picks, George. It's a second-round pick at 56. We have a pick at 129 and a pick at 250, right? But I want to just read to you really quickly – some of these picks that I wrote down that the Seahawks have had past number 56 um, or around 56. There's one at 49, but in 47. But this is why the NFL is interesting. And this is why I'm not too concerned about the Seahawks team having a pick at 56 because you know what? We got Jamal Adams, like we said, and this is who we've gotten around those numbers. I see it. Damian Lewis at 69. I would love if we got another nice. offensive lineman. Yeah, good good pick, 69. We have two guys at 69, so uh, we'll get the 69 joke out of the way. But <laughs> uh, Damian Lewis at 69, I would love to get a quality offensive lineman like Damian Lewis at 56 this year. Mm-hmm. That would change our team. At 64, you had DK Metcalf. At 49, wow. we got Jaron Reed. 63 was Frank Clark. 69 again was Tyler Lockett. Uh, 47 was Bobby Wagner. 75 was Russell Wilson. 99 was KJ Wright. 154 was Richard Sherman. 133 was Cam Chancellor. We got Golden Tate at the 60th spot. So I mean, we're talking me, about like. You're telling me that the team's good at drafting late. Yeah. And we're talking about maybe like six guys that are going to be in the Seahawks Hall of Fame. Not, I don't know about the full Hall of Fame, but Cam Chancellor. Two, at Sherman. least two guys are going to be in the NFL Hall of Fame and Bobby Wagner and Russell Wilson. I mean, three. And Richard Sherman. Sherman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, Cam Chancellor, if he didn't get hurt, probably would be there too. Um, so, I I mean, we're talking about with Baldwin, probably in the future, Metcalf, Lockett, Wilson, mm-hmm. uh, all those other guys we mentioned are probably all Seahawks Hall of Famers. Like on the ring of the, the – we really might be talking about six out of the eight guys that will be the next ones to be up on the Seahawks ring of fame thing in the mm-hmm. stadium. And they're all late round picks like that, at least third round and up. So does it make you confident in some way that like maybe the Seahawks are doing the right thing with trading picks to get quality players like Jamal Adams and then holding on to these lower picks where we might grab a steal or two? Yeah, I mean, just looking at this list and just thinking about it real quick, the only thing I can really say is it looks like we've won Super Bowls in the second and third, fourth round of a draft. That's when we won the Super Bowl. Yeah, with a lot of first round busts outside of like Earl Thomas. Yeah, but like let's just say because you not, you're paying those guys nothing for years. The Bobby Wagner's, the Richard Sherman's, the Russell Wilson's, um, the KJ Rice. We won a Super Bowl during a, the NFL draft. That's what we did. 
Yeah. Literally, though. No, literally. Like, I'm not even, like, joking. So, um, yeah, it gives me confidence that, hey, this team knows what they're doing. And we've always been good at finding good value late in, late in the draft. Now, I think that was also because Pete Carroll at that time was a new head coach in the NFL. And he was just out of a college game. So he kind of knew a lot about the players in college and had a good eye for them. Now it might not be so much. Um, I can't remember, like, I mean, DK Metcalf was only two years ago. So I guess that was the steal in the George, DK Metcalf was two years ago. And Damian Lewis last was year. Last year, yeah. Best rookie offensive lineman probably in the league. Yeah, so we're just good at it. So, yeah, it gives me confidence. Yeah, that's the yeah, best and, and, and and compare. Let's compare it really quickly to our first-round picks during Carroll's time. Carroll came in at what, 2012? Uh, 2013. 11 no, or four. Sorry. 2010. Uh, whatever. 2010, 11, 12. Okay. So we did good in 2010. We got Russell Acuna and Earl Thomas in the first round. Okay. And yeah. That, that was Pete Carroll's first year. And then since then, we've had one, two, three. We've had six first round picks in the last 10 years, basically. So we've been on and up. Well, last 12 years. So we, we've literally every other year not had a pick, basically, in the yeah. first round. And they were James Carpenter, Bruce Irving, Jermaine Effetti, Rashad Penny, LJ Collier, and Jordan Brooks. Now, none of them have been complete busts, but I don't think there's an all pro. In no, any- none of them. I'm not. I'm not telling my bouncing my kids, uh, grandkids on my lap and telling them about, uh, you know, Bruce Irving. Or like you should have seen Jermaine Effetti's blocking and Rashad Penny. He was a great every other third down back. Yeah. But you should have seen him at San Diego stay. Yeah. <laughs> was phenomenal. Yeah, that that's where I, I'm cool with what the Seahawks draft is. Same. And I'm cool with the press conference today. I don't know if you caught any of it. You probably caught some of the quotes. Like some of them, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, Pete Carroll was open. Yeah. Me and Russ had more conversation this offseason than we've ever had. And it's like to me, that's not a negative. That's a positive thing. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes conversations aren't always fun too. But I fun, agree with you. But I when agree with you. It's posting about the Seahawks every day now. That means that's a good thing. Yeah, I think I think we're fine, and I I I do think we need a big year to keep Russ happy. I think it's like keep Russ happy year. I agree, but that's why I'm really hoping we try to. Hopefully, we get a steal somewhere in this draft with a good offensive lineman. Just solidify the line a little bit more. We don't need a receiver. I know we always. The Seahawks every year have like receiver and running back on their draft needs. Like, don't need it. Yeah, and it's because like fans like to hear like, "Ooh, he's a receiver." I saw him catch a touchdown at Notre Dame. Although it is fun, it is it fun. Is fun, it's like, fun than picking the left like guard. Julio Jones. Should we should we trade all our picks for Julio Jones? Like, all yeah, kind of fun. Well, okay. Well, the last question I'm going to ask you about the Seahawks here, George, is what? What do you? What would you go for? Would you? Just solely go for offensive linemen? No. I think when you're picking this late in the draft, unless like you know, best available is a quarterback or best available is a wide receiver, which you don't really need right now. In general, I just go best available here. You you have needs in different places. This team is not solidified at any place really. I I mean, if your best available running back, go for a running back. Best available is a tight end. <laughs> actually don't go for a tight end, but you know what I mean? Like I would just go best available here at this point. Cause we have so many needs and I'd rather get a really high end player at a p- position than uh, a mediocre player just to fill any fill a hole. Yeah. Just not a tight end. Yeah. Just no tight ends. We've had enough of them. 
Unless it's Kyle Pitts drops at 56 somehow. That's true. More yeah. happen. Uh, holding out hope, else? Sammy. Huh? Holding out hope. Holding out hope. Uh, do you have anything else with the Seahawks? Or is no, that it? I love the NFL draft, though. I do. I do. It's not as exciting this time. I mean, the, the Seahawks are picking on what? Round two is day one or day two? Day two. So we oh. won't have anyone you until Friday. Yeah, it's not very exciting. But nah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, George, uh, I know we're going to do a quick Kyle Trask story. So let's get on to it. All right. Are you telling the story or am I telling the story here? Either way, uh, how about you go for it? All right. So... According to Reddit user, I'm pulling up her name because I think it's a girl from the name. She reads lips uh, one day ago on Reddit. And this, you know, garnered a lot of karma. For those who don't know what karma is, it means you upvoted on Reddit. For those who don't know what upvoting is, I can't help you. Um, Kyle Trask. It's, confusing. it's like likes. Just go with like likes. likes. I know. Uh, Kyle Trask is the most likely quarterback from this draft to win a Super Bowl. History tells us why. And this is very interesting, Sammy. In the last 20 Super Bowls, the winning QB has posted a 40-yard dash time of worse than five seconds in nine of them, meaning 45% of Super Bowls have been won by some of the least athletic QBs possible. Now, I know I gave away some of the answers to this already, but guess which QB in this coming class fits that, Sammy? Well, I, I said it already, unfortunately, but it's Kyle Trask. Exactly. I'm not going to rely just on that one fact, though. Here's another fact you will find shocking. Kyle Trask has five letters in his name. In the last 20 Super Bowls, the winning QB has had five letters in his last name and nine of them, Brady being a lot of them. That's 45% of the time again. Now, I know what you're thinking. 45 and 45 together is 90%. Are you saying there's a 90% chance Kyle Trask will win a Super Bowl? Yes, that's exactly what I am saying. So no other quarterbacks in this draft fit that? Lauren, Field is no, sick. Yes, Wilson, no. Lance. But he didn't post a 40 time under uh, uh, worse than five seconds. Well, that could be the only thing, I guess. So Kyle Trask it is. Yeah, but this is all skewed because, like, yeah, nine of them. Tom Brady ha has won seven of those. You can't hate on the numbers, though, George. No, you cannot. I wonder who the other one is with five letters in his last name and a really – What? Breeze. Breeze has to be one of them. There you go. And I don't know who's the nine, the number nine. Yeah, that's that's interesting. It's not Flacco, right? Flacco has six letters. No, but I'm just gonna go with Breeze. It's probably it's probably Flacco. F L A C. -S oh, no, <laughs> Breeze. Breeze. Stick to Breeze. Yeah, but I would like to know who that last one is. I'll, I'll I'll have to just like kind of go online and look around for a minute. You really want to know this badly? Not that badly, no. Okay, so it's like we can figure it out if you really want to know. No, no, no. I mean, it's just something I'll look up later. I do want to know, but it's not like something I think we need to take our time out of this podcast to uh, go find out. That's fair. Um, all right. Well, George, we're going to do. Does it count if Kyle Trask wins the Super Bowl this year as the backup quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Because they did say there's some rumors that they want to have him draft him to like be 
part of a team and maybe a future like prospect when Brady retires. I mean, technically wouldn't count because it said starting quarterback, didn't it? Yeah, it did say starting, but he would be like he won a Super Bowl, so she would be right at least. Yeah, I don't know. Let's talk about the biggest bash draft bust, or not bust, biggest draft red flags, George. All right. So this is how we're going to do it. I'm just going to go through the list of the biggest red flags beforehand, right? Like these are big red flag stories out of, uh, you know, past times of NFL draft. And I'm going to go to the top, like I think I put eight or nine prospects, maybe 10 uh, of this draft and gave you some red flags people are talking about right now and, and just talk about them. So let's start off with old stories. Uh, Mike Singletary once took Matt Stafford off his draft board because he said Stafford didn't want to talk about his parents' divorce. Yeah, that one hurt me. That one hurt me a little bit because I was like, I don't have divorced parents, but like, I, I th- that the I mean, the logic hurt me because I was like, at some point, like you could also be like, oh, maybe it kind of makes sense. He doesn't want to talk about his parents being divorced. Yeah, I mean, that, that's how I felt too. Like, it's kind of bullshit on Mike Singletary, but you know, uh, Mike Singletary doesn't have a job as an NFL head coach anymore. Matt Stafford still has a job as an NFL quarterback, and he still went number one. I mean, he didn't even drop to the 49ers. Yeah, I'm going to rate that one as like just being dumb. I'm going to rate that yeah, as the just, dumb one, right? Like because like that was just a dumb thing to be worried about. Right. Uh the Brickashaw Ferguson committed what commitment to football was questioned because he enjoyed playing the saxophone as a hobby. I must start with the fact that George like the fact that his name is the Brickashaw Ferguson and he plays saxophone Honestly, I might have been concerned too because if <laughs> if he if he got like really good at saxophone, you you have a good career as a musician there. Imagine like rappers. Drake has a beat made by DeBrickishaw Ferguson on the track. That might be a bigger career than I that. Like that. Don't you think? Ferguson on the track. I like don't, that. Don't you think that's that that was an okay concern? Yeah, but when your name is DeBrickashaw, like you're playing offensive line, bro. That's true. I can do the third one here. All right. Dominique Rogers Cromartie only had one kidney. This is fucked up. And there was some concern about his ability to play a contact sport. Yeah, I mean. I mean, it's fucked up, but it's right. Right. I mean. There was another one I wasn't going to put on this list because, like, sorry, I'm going to just say Griffin, uh, the one brother, some people took him off his board because he had one arm, right? Hand. Hand. Like, these are, like, more health concerns. Like, the one kidney, the one hand. And, yeah, it's a concern. And I I don't know, like, it sucks because it is a health thing. But, yeah, you got – I mean, I could understand why some people would be concerned. No, this one sucks, but, like – honestly it is a game of contact in health and i mean didn't andrew luck retire because like he kept getting kidney and rib and whatever injuries he had a kidney uh laceration yeah like that's that's some serious stuff but didn't cromartie end up doing all right yeah he played really good there's two cromarties so i didn't know which one this was this is the one without the 11 kids okay well all right george aaron hernandez kind of maybe participated in a drive-by shooting while at UF. I mean, at the end of the day, he was still a good tight end. Yeah, well, I will say, you know, before we get to him being a good tight end, let's just say this red flag 
obviously was a correct red flag. Yeah, yeah, this was more of a red flag. This was like, yeah, oh shit, he killed someone. Yeah, like this one turned out to be a little too real. No, totally. But yeah, he actually ended up being, at the end of the day, if you drafted him like the Patriots, like you you can't say it was the wrong pick. You can't say it was a bust. It wasn't the wrong pick at all. I mean, we had one of the coolest dynamic duos of tight ends in Gronk and Hernandez. Yeah. Ever. Bad dude, good tight end. Yeah, bad dude, good tight end. All right. Uh, Jadavion Clowney allegedly stole a TV the year before he went to his co- to a college at Carolina. I'll lump that in with another number one overall pick. Cam Newton stole a laptop while at Florida. Well, um, both of them had that question. Both of them went number one. And both of them turned out to be phenomenal, but phenomenal number one picks that have weirdly, I felt like, fell off a cliff in an odd way. And both underachieved a little bit. Uh, I think both overachieved for a short period of time and then underachieved. Okay, that's one MVP and went to a Super Bowl. Yeah, totally. You can't say underachieved. True. (laughs) But they're both still getting paid. And they're both in really good situations this year, trying to kind of reprove themselves. Because Clowney's had a weird two years. Cam Newton's obviously had a weird two years. But Clowney on the Browns can be very interesting. And Cam Newton year two with Bilicek on the Patriots can also be very interesting. True. So neither one ended up being a bust, I have to say. This is one of my favorite ones because I, I don't know if you remember how big of a story it was back when he was got caught multiple times. Remember the honey badger smoked weed and that was like the world's biggest deal? Yeah, he got caught in his apartment with weed at LSU, right? Yeah, like looking back at that now, like, okay. Yeah, that was like, I feel like the final time that that was like the last year of life. I don't know what year that was exactly, but that was like the last year of life that weed was that big of a deal. Yes. Since that day, we've never heard like outside of a Josh Gordon situation where it's maybe addiction of different sorts and different pills and like... Another level of weed. It's not not just weed, right? Josh Gordon's yeah. on a different level. But that was the last time like weed was like a <gasps> like I remember like there was ESPN breaking news, like Honey Badger get, gets caught at LSU. Like, how's this gonna affect his career? Do you remember how serious that was? Like it was like we were talking about like I swear it was like outside the lines, Bob Ryan. It was outside the lines, like in this apartment. They found him playing video games and smoking weed. They found Mary Joanna. <laughs> like, okay, congratulations. Call of Duty and marijuana. The fall of the honey badger. I must say, Giorgio, a lot, uh, most of the guys we've mentioned so far have been pretty damn good NFL players outside of, uh, I mean, or have worked out outside of Aaron Hernandez killing somebody, off, you know, and, and then going to jail and committing suicide. Like, they all have fared out pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. JJ Watt. This one's actually, you know, this one's actually pretty funny. JJ Watt was a bad pick. This is one of the, uh, when we say this, this was just things that have been written, right? Or yeah, like it was written in an article. JJ Watt was a bad pick because he's too nice and he worked as a pizza delivery man. And that the Houston Texans should have dra- drafted Nick Fairley because he is mean and trained for the draft in Houston. Yeah, the guy got to pay his bills and he's a pizza delivery man. Like, I don't understand, like, what did they want him to do? Yeah, can I tell you something? As a, um, whoever wrote that article, I saw it was like an old Houston yeah, yeah. web article. 
to me, if you told me that this draft prospect to make money in the summers, like actually like this big time prospect who knows they're about to make the NFL probably get paid. Not sure how it wasn't an NCAA violation, but continue. They can have a job in the off season. Oh, in the off season they can. Okay. Yeah. Um, the fact that this superstar player had the like mindset to like, I have to get, make money for life and go deliver pizzas. And JJ Watts, a large man to be driving around delivering pizzas. I actually would take that as the opposite of red flag. I would say that's a very big plus for a draft prospect. Totally. Totally agree. Don't you think so? Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. All right. Tampa Bay had someone sit in. This is my favorite one, George. I'm going to restart. Tampa Bay Buccaneers had somebody sit in Justin Blackman's favorite bar every day to see how often he came in to drink. After Blackman kept coming in, they took him off their board. All right. Here's my question. Did the guy Tampa Bay send to spy on Justin Blackman and see how much he drink, have a drink every day at the bar too? You kind of would have to. Right? I mean, you'd kind of have to. He's just sitting there drinking water. No, well, he's drinking, sorry. Drinking. It depends what kind of bar. If it was like an Applebee's, yeah, maybe you don't have to. You can go get a meal. But if it was like, you know, the college bar, then yeah, you probably need to have a drink or like you'll ask for like a fake vodka soda. Like give me a, just give me a soda water. And I wonder how long he had to stay in Stillwater because that's where he went to school, right? Stillwater, Oklahoma. Yeah. I wonder how long he had to stay. The scout had to stay in Stillwater and be like, all right, man, going back to the bar today. Or before he had to be like, like how many days did it take for him to be like, was it three days? And he was like, Jesus Christ, this guy's a problem. Or was it, you know, five times over a couple weeks? Or was it like two weeks in a row every single day and just Justin Blackman taking shots and getting fucked up? Well, whatever it was, they were right. He played mm-hmm. 14 games in Jacksonville one year um, with five touchdowns, 800 yards. Second year played four games. 400 yards and a touchdown and never had a catch again. Nope. <laughs> so that one actually out of all of them so far ended up being the most correct one and kind of makes sense. You know, maybe the Aaron Hernandez one should have made sense too. Like maybe he was a murderer, but th- this one made sense too. Like, Oh, he's like 21 and he's already an alcoholic. Yeah. Not very good. Um, next one. There was a question about miles Garrett's commitment and toughness because he liked dinosaurs. It wasn't just dinosaurs. He also was Anime. writing poems. Oh, wow. Do you remember? He's like a big poet guy. Yeah, and he loves Harry Potter, right? Mm, yes. Was that a different person? I'm trying to remember. No, that was him. I think he had a Harry Potter-themed wedding. Yeah, yeah. It was, I don't know if that no, was No, that was Mike before. Evans. That was Mike Evans, yeah. But I think Miles Garrett also, yeah, he, he does a lot of poetry as well. Um and all those were kind of like weird, you know, like weird red flags people had of Miles Garrett. Like I can tell you this, George, George, if it was me, look at Miles Garrett with the shirt off. You shouldn't have any red flags. Yeah. It's that well, like, oh, he likes dinosaurs too much. Why well, he's not a fucking archaeologist. Like, he's going to play football at the end of the day, right? He is also, he's basically a dinosaur himself. Look at him. Yeah. That's why he's interested in him. Yeah. Like the guy has, is literally. He has scales, like his abs, his shoulders. He's probably one of the most ridiculous, like him and DK Metcalf and Aaron Donald. Those three are like some of the most, like you see them and you're like, what the hell is that? Exactly. All right. My, my favorite one's next, Sammy. All right. All right. 
Uh, Dan Marino's weekend cocaine habit would make him a worse instead of a better quarterback. People thought. Well, let's take a can we take can we take a rewind here for a second? There you go. Rewind. Did he really have a weekend coke habit? Yeah, he had a coke habit uh, and got caught, I guess, with coke and pit multiple times. And people thought that would make him not a good quarterback. Instead, he was still a very good quarterback. And he drafted out of Miami, which I thought was ironic. Like, out of every city in the country to draft him, Miami's like, fuck it. Everyone has a coke habit here. Let's come. I will say he is the most... Um. Probably the most disappointing person to not win a Super Bowl as a quarterback. Yes. So maybe if he didn't have a Coke problem, we'd be talking about a guy with two, three rings. Hot take. Although, although he is well, he is a top ten quarterback of all time. But I'm just saying, like, it it must it has to contribute to something. No, but the I, sure, but I just think it's hilarious that Miami was like. Really, like, fuck it. <laughs> like, he dropped to, like, 30th in the draft. Every team's like, eh, Coke is not a good idea. Miami's like, oh, we have a lot of Coke, actually. So come over here. Well, I will say this, George. They could also add some reverse psychology on that. He's not going to be shell-shocked by the environment in Miami. That's very true, and he wasn't. He wasn't. He walked in and went to Super Bowl year one, right? Year two. Year two. So he was actually right in his element. Yeah, he was hella coked out. Probably. But fuck it. That's what I'm saying. Think about it. If Johnny Manziel, or not, I'm sorry. If some guy that wasn't into, wasn't used to the Miami lifestyle joined Miami, they might actually, it might, might, might go downhill. For him, it was just another like day. If Tua, like if Tua developed a coke habit, that'd be pretty shocking. It's much worse than a guy with already a coke habit. Ending yeah, up not that Tua will develop a coke habit. I'm just saying. Like, I'd be shocked. Actually, that'd be like, that would need its own outside the lines. That would. Shows Dan Marino at this. All right, two quick ones, George. Yep. Eli Apple can't cook. A really dumb thing to be concerned about. Yeah, they were concerned about it because they thought he was too reliant on his mother who would cook for him all the time. Okay, I can maybe understand if you said too reliant on his mother, but like also when you're rich, you can order, you can get a, you can order food, you can probably eat at the team, you can have a chef, you can order, like, you can, not a problem. Not a problem. Somebody asked Alvin Kamara to take out his septum piercing during a combine interview because it was disrespectful or something. Yeah. A septum for those are wondering, I think is a nose, right? I'm assuming it's his nose ring. Yeah, so they didn't like that. Well, guess what? It's pretty good at running back. So yeah. You know, with wide receivers and running backs, especially, I'm not really concerned about their piercings or whatever. But if a quarterback had the piercing, you you know, like everyone first of all would be too scared to say that they're concerned, like on TV. And second of all, everyone would be concerned. Yeah, regardless of his race, of his like his size, yeah. whatever, it doesn't I would not like my quarterback to come in with a nose piercing. Yeah, and for for some, and it doesn't matter the race. It's not a race thing, actually. This, I'm like just a nose thing. Yeah, but I, I mean, in general, I, I don't care if you're like a running back, fine. But for a quarterback, I don't know why. I just would be like, I don't like that. Yeah, same here. All right, so now on to. This year's concerns. Some of these last but not really least. Hard. This is this should be yeah. the last but not least because now we're really getting into tomorrow, the NFL draft. And it's obviously 
by the time you listen to this, the draft might have already happened. That's why we're not going too deep into like, let me tell you about who's going to go first. But we're just talking about what some of the things that have been written about some of these guys. Yeah, and we'll tell you who's going first. It's Trevor Lawrence. Like yeah. we've known this since 2017. So yeah. All right. So we're just going to go through some of the concerns. Some of these guys barely have any concerns. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Some think he was not competitive enough because he said that football doesn't define him. He didn't just say football doesn't define him. This is the one that I'm is kind of interesting. There's some of these that I'm going to be like, I have no comment. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But with Trevor Lawrence, he did say that like he has no chip on his shoulder. I didn't like that. I understand yeah. that football doesn't define you. Um, but, I mean, Tom, the reason Tom Brady's Tom Brady is he's won six Super Bowls and he left the Patriots. And what did he have? A chip on his shoulder. Yeah. And Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl and then lost a Super Bowl. And you know what he said? When he won the Super Bowl the first time, he looked at the trophy, put it down, and he started thinking about the next Super Bowl. No, totally. Um, and It's a little bit like, because... Yeah, to me, is at the same time, it's like, well, he also won a national championship, so maybe he, and went back to the playoffs two years in a row. So maybe he's just not vocal about the chip on his shoulder. I don't know though, and I guess you, it's hard to tell with these guys because they haven't really got to play on against like really elite competition. It'll be interesting to see what Trevor Lawrence does. Uh, Zach Wilson, too short and played at BYU, which has bad competition. He also looks like a like Zach Efron Disney character. He doesn't look like Zach Efron. I don't even know how to take that anymore. No, no, he does. He doesn't really look like Zach Efron. I mean, it like that. I mean, like he looks like. Yeah, yeah I know he, what you mean. He has look, Zach Efron style. Like, well, let me re-explain. He looks like the guy who would play the quarterback in a Disney movie. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. And I don't Which like is not that. a bad career if he does flame out of NFL. Like he's just all right. I'm the quarterback in Disney movies now. Yeah, you never know. He does. Look, he just reminds me of that. Finally, they can have a Disney character that can like actually throw a football. Usually, it's like dudes looking all funky throwing the football because they're actors, not football players. Um, and he is short and did play against bad competition, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The quarterbacks, all the quarterbacks in this draft, I, I kind of don't have too many concerns with them for some reason. All right. Uh, Mac Jones, DUI. Yeah, I mean, it's not the biggest deal in the world, but he also, I mean, I've seen so many videos now of Mac Jones like partying, hammered. Yeah, I didn't know he was that fun. But I thought he was like more bland. And then you see his videos, like, dude, this guy actually like swag. Like any parties. Yeah. So I can see some of the concern, um, but at the end of the day. So did Dak Prescott. Baker Mayfield got arrested by cops, and they're all fine. Cam Newton won an MVP after stealing laptops. Yeah. And James Winston stole crab legs. If he made it through with Nick Saban, he's probably a good guy. Totally. Or good enough. Fair enough. Kyle Pitts is an alien. Like, seriously, I couldn't find a red flag about him. I read that, like, he dropped some passes and he might not be the best blocker. But, like, seriously, there's nothing. I could not find one thing. He's probably, like, the cleanest guy in this draft board. Yeah, I'm moving on from that. He also didn't, I, I don't, you know, whose quarterback was Kyle Trask. It kind of reminds me of Tim Tebow. He doesn't have, like, the best quarterback ever. Right. He was still that dominant. So he's going to be fine. Trey Lance played at North Dakota State. Once again, not the best competition in the world. It's not just that. He also didn't really get to play this year. Yeah. 
You also don't get to see too much of him. I mean, even when you had guys like Carson Wentz coming from North Dakota State, you got to watch him. Uh, Trey Lance kind of had a missing year, but COVID kind of fucks everything up, so you can't really hold it too far against him. Cool. Uh, Justin Fields. Hiccups against some big games, and he got beat out at by Jake Fromm in Georgia. That's why he transferred. And to me, that could be a concern. Like, how, why the hell are you even beat out by Jake Fromm from State Farm? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you that it I I see it the opposite. It's not a bad thing to get beat out by Jake Fromm, who ended up being a Heisman candidate. And like, I think did they go to the national championship that year with Jake? Fromm? No, maybe, maybe. I think they did. Pretty sure they did. No, no, it was that second year because they went to the national championship with Jake Fromm. He was a sophomore. Then Justin Fields came in as a freshman and couldn't get the starting job. I mean, what was he just supposed to get it handed to him? I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, he, but like I said, Jake, Jake, we're not talking about a guy that like, you know, Jake Fromm is a very good college football quarterback. No, no, totally. All right. Devontae Smith. Interesting one. Cause you know, he just won the Heisman trophy, which, you know, some people find important. Um, he's small and not that fast despite winning the Heisman trophy. Yeah. Um, he is, but I listened to this thing with Devonte Smith on Shannon Sharp's podcast. Mm-hmm. And as Shannon Sharp was kind of saying was that the NFL is kind of different these days. You don't just have those plays where you just throw it up the middle, like a slant for people to get killed. Yeah. It, th- you can be a finesse wide receiver. And I will say about Devonte Smith. He said, they asked him about what car he wants. He said, first of all, he's buying his mom a house, his dad a new truck. And for now, he'll keep his Nissan Altima because he had to help his parents first. So whatever red flag he had, I kind of really appreciated that that sentence from him. And I'm, I'm really rooting for him. Yep, same here. Uh, Pinay Sewell. The Pinay Sewell. Sewell. Sewell, the offensive lineman out of Oregon. <laughs> His floor is concerning. They're, they don't think he, he. They think that he could be a bust. Like he's the best offensive lineman in this draft, but there's not much there. Yeah, but I did hear. I did hear a lot about the Pac-12 stuff, and you, you're a resident Pac-12 guy. How was the pass rush? Oh, it was fa- fucking awesome. Now, I don't know, man. Like at the end of the day, like this is college football. The pass rush isn't that great anyway. People are throwing wherever you play. You see the score. The SEC is like 70. People are throwing 70 points up in the SEC. Like the pass rush is not great. In that. It's almost as dumb as the red flag of one of the last ones here. Patrick Sertain. I know. Lax twitch. I don't give a damn. Yeah, same here. Um, and Jalen Waddle, injury issues. But he pl- came back to play for the national championship. People get injured, dude. He broke his ankle. <laughs> yeah, and then you also had Chase that didn't play this year, right? Yeah, Chase. Yeah, I guess that's his thing. He didn't play this year. Yeah. Um, all of them, you know, I, I have a good feeling about this draft. I feel like we got a lot of good kids that made it through a tough COVID year, like where they was on and off. Training was weird. The school year was weird. I feel like it's a group of good guys. I feel like they know the internet too. So like the whole like stuff now doesn't really come out as much as like, Oh, uh, Mac Jones loves playing with action figures. <laughs> cool. Like, yeah. Like I just really feel like the kids know now they shut their mouths until after they get drafted and they'll talk about their favorite hobbies or they just don't answer these questions anymore. Like the draft has become this whole, like, Hey, I'm going to ask you a really tough question, man. What do you like to do when you're outside of football? Oh, I like to play the saxophone now. Like, oh, outside of football, 
you know, spend time with my family and I like to watch tape. Yeah. Um, it, it, maybe it's like the Kyler Murray method. Well, what did he do last year? Like Dan Patrick show or no, those the Rick Eisen show. He just wouldn't even answer questions. Yeah. We all thought he was a dick for it, but then it's like red flag. Actually, it turned out to be a great quarterback. He really just didn't want to answer stupid questions. Exactly. <laughs> last but not least, George, we're about to sign off and we appreciate all the listeners today. And I hope everybody enjoys the um, NFL draft. Um, you're listening to pod that with the George were brothers. And I want to tell you one thing, George, before we sign off. All right. Dale Arnold tweeted, I've been told by a reliable source, the same source that correctly told me Tom Brady has signed with the Buccaneers, that the Patriots are working on a new contract for Jimmy G that could lead to a deal with the 49ers. Interesting. I'd like to see, I actually would like to see that. I would be interested to see Jimmy Garoppolo outside of a Kyle Shanahan system back in New England and just see, is he real? Is he not? Because, I mean, whenever he plays, he does well, but uh, he just doesn't play often. That's true. Only thing I would say is I would feel bad about Cam Newton missing out on his, like, last, probably his last chance. Kind of like saying last chance with Cam Newton. Last chance you with Cam Newton. Thank you. Great title. (laughs) All right. Well, much love. Thanks for everybody who tuned in. Enjoy the draft. Yeah, no, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. I hope ESPN has a lot of sob stories for us as always so we can just like, like last cry year. between every single pick. Like, I think that so many people made fun of that this year. They are going to take a step back from all the uh, that coverage of like, oh, next we have P- P- uh, Panay Sewell drafting out of Oregon. His dog died when he was three. I mean, it was even worse than that. I mean, it was more like – Mom died from cancer, and he's never been the same since last year. And then it was like, on top of that, here's a here's an hour long like talk about coronavirus, and people were like, "All right, let's get to the draft." Yeah, what does this person do on the field? Where is, where is the draft live this year? Or is it remote again, like last year? It's live in Cleveland, Ohio. Wow, cool. I'm glad we see people back live and stuff. I mean, that, that players have a choice of either going or doing virtual. Cool. I guess people are going to be going virtual because no one wants to go to Cleveland. No, Cleveland's a cooler city than people give it. No, I know. I'm just really. I, now that I see like pictures of Cleveland on the water, I'm like, I think I'd like to go to Cleveland like in in the spring when it's good weather. Yeah, I'm down. People will go. All right. Well, much love. Go. Thanks for listening to Pod Dad with the George Wood Brothers. It's brought to you by the Sports on Tap. You can find us everywhere at Pod That and at the Sports on Tap on all social medias. We're just two brothers talking sports. And George? What's up, man? This is the Sports on Tap. The Internet's pub. We'll be back. Peace.